Welcome to the hut near the bog. James Heenan is a local historian and OPW tour guide at Pertumna Castle in County Galway. In this episode, myself and James sit down to discuss the importance of local history. James also tells us about the history of his locality, Lura, a once major monastic site dating as far back as the 6th century. In the final part, James shares the wisdom he has gained in his pursuit of understanding the local history of his area. James, thanks a million for coming on the hut near the bog. Can you start by telling me how you became interested in local history? Yeah, I suppose, uh, James, it goes right back. Um, I suppose going back to being a young lad running around Lura, um, as, you're, as you know, Lura, I suppose, it's, uh, it's steeped in its uh, ancient history. And we have a number, numerous ruins here in Lura of monasteries and that. So I suppose really... That was like my playground as a child growing up here in Laura. Um, I suppose down the fields playing, fishing in the rivers, climbing the monasteries, um, hopping up on a bicycle, cycling to Lackeen Castle. So I was I was always fascinated with uh, these buildings and these ruins. And I suppose I watched a lot of Robin Hood growing up on the TV as well. Like So I suppose I always had that interest, that grow for, for the, the, these uh, ruins. Um, I suppose then when, when you get older, I suppose when you're late teens, then you go and you explore the world, you go off and you enjoy yourself and I suppose you, you forget about your childhood and I, I think it's when you get on a little later in life, with me I suppose probably late 20s, early 30s, I suppose you, you remember I suppose the, the happy times in your childhood so to speak, like, do you know what I mean? So I suppose I rekindled uh, that love of the, these runes here in Laura. so it, 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 I suppose it started from there James and I suppose a good friend of mine there, David Broderick, uh, we were chatting one night in the pub and um, we decided we'd set up maybe, it would be worth setting up a local historical society, which we did. And um, yeah, that's going from strength from strength to strength. And uh, we bring out an annual uh, journal as well, historic journal, The Lamp. So yeah, so it's uh, basically our journal, I suppose, really, it's 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 collecting all the stories of the local history and that. And uh yeah, so yeah, that's where I sort of started from, James. Thanks a million, James. I wonder, could you tell uh, the listeners uh, a little bit about Laura? So I, I suppose Laura itself um, is uh, situated actually up on the very north of Tipperary, uh, near enough to border in uh, County Galway and County Offaly itself. So it'd be the northernmost uh, parish in Tipperary itself. Uh, I suppose its geographic location uh, sort of gave rise to its importance uh, beside the River Shannon, which would have been the major routeway. And I suppose after the the, or the coming of Christianity to Ireland, you see the, you, we've seen the establishment of all these monastic settlements along the Shannon Corridor, so to speak. Like So you would have had the likes of Killaloo, Inishkaltra, Terry Glass, of course, Laura here itself, uh, Clonford, Clonmacnoise, the whole way up along the Shannon itself. So I suppose it is geographic location and I suppose it was on the borders of those ancient uh, territories of uh, Connacht and Munster. I suppose Lura itself, uh, the establishment of Lura would be attributed to St. Rouen. He was known as one of the 12 apostles of Ireland, would have studied under St. Finian of Clonard. 
the story goes that he came to this area, which we now call Laura, and he's setting up at this site here at Laura, uh, while Boar actually fled this area. So I suppose that's that was really symbolic, I suppose. Obviously, St. Ron bringing Christianity, but this wild boar would be uh, symbolizing, I suppose, the pagan religion leaving the area and St. Ron here establishing this new faith. And, of course, we have St. Ron's uh, well here in Laura, which it's proposed that probably would have been a pagan site where it would have been a, a spring with water rushing up from the ground. So a lot of these sites, a lot of these monastic sites would probably would have been maybe ancient pagan sites that became Christianized and set up this whole monastic uh, establishment. The stone church, St. Ron's stone church here in Lura would be a thousand years old and uh, was known as the great stone church of Lura. So, According to Con Manning, an expert, uh, this church at Lura would have been the third biggest of its type in Ireland at the time. So it shows, I suppose, the importance of Lura, obviously ruled by a, a rich king or chieftain or whatever that would have um, been patron to this church itself. So I suppose you just see right throughout the ages, right up to, I suppose, the establishment of the European orders in Lura itself. You've seen the Augustinians uh, setting up in Lura in the 12th century. Uh, you've seen the Dominicans setting up in the 13th century, of course, influenced with, I suppose, the coming of the Normans to its area. So basically, I suppose, uh, all these religious houses would have flourished in Laura, I suppose, right up, I suppose, until the dissolution uh, of the churches during the reign of King Henry VIII. And I suppose then, unfortunately, the, the consequences then of, I suppose, between what happened between the 1600s and 1700s with the Cromwellian period and the Jacobean and the Willamite Wars, like where the the church sort of diminished and led into the the penal times and whatever so yeah thanks james for that excellent overview could you tell me why you think local history is important but i I suppose like um a lot of people mightn't realize maybe that uh, nearly every day they actually talk about local history do you know what i mean they mightn't even realize it the importance of it they mightn't even think they're talking history uh they might be talking about maybe a, a hurling final that happened 10 or 20 years ago uh, you know, you, you you could be having a few pints with a lad in the pub, having a chat, and he, he could be referring to his uh, as young lad saving turf in the bog or whatever. Like, so do you know what I mean? A lot, a lot of local history comes into our conversations, and we don't realise it. Um, and I suppose it, it is very important. And I suppose when I was going to school back in the eighties, and as far as I suppose I can remember, I suppose. Uh, History was probably taught, I suppose, a little bit black and white, and uh, like um, it was sort of um, well, I suppose, and that's no reflection on the teachers. That's, I suppose, as much as they knew about history back then. Um, but um, I suppose the, the thing I remember in school is um, being taught about maybe Brian Baru and the Irish fighting the Vikings on Clontarf. But now we know it was actually Brian Baru, the Irish and Vikings fighting Irish and Vikings. You know what I mean? So we've learned a yeah. lot since, and yeah, why yeah. Vikings didn't wear horned helmets. But why, why it's important, like, um, I suppose even referring back over to your own area there, James, I suppose even the story of Martin O'Mara, a man that was actually forgotten about, a man that uh, was a stretcher bearer in World War One, and I suppose because of the because of the political and social situation in Ireland after the 1900s. He was a man that was probably more or less, I suppose, after the war, probably shunned upon a bit because um, he, had, he had fought on the side of the British or whatever. Like, um, But a man that was sort of forgotten about, but a heroic man that saved many lives. And I suppose, and that's a local story. That's local history. And, and thankfully, 
that uh, we can look back and we know things aren't in black and white. We know he would have joined the army because of necessity, to basically to earn a living. Like, do you know what I mean? It's very hard to earn a living. Like, you, one son uh, ran the farm, the other sons had to go out and get employment. But he saved a lot of lives, awarded the Victoria Cross. But unfortunately, he paid the ultimate uh, price then, do you know what I mean? He's uh, with mental health issues and ended up in an asylum. And, but thankfully, He's recognised, I suppose, really on a local level as a hero, but also on a national level. So I suppose that's why local history is very important, do you know what I mean? That we can look back and look at these stories and bring them to the fore and sort of um, look, look at them and, and not in a biased way, I suppose, really, James. And I suppose even another another little story as well. Um, so so uh, maybe four or five years ago, I had an American lady... Um, came here to the village in Laura. I actually accidentally met her up in the community shop here in Laura, and she was actually uh, researching her ancestors that would have left Laura back, say, around the famine times. So um, her family actually would have came again from over your side of the parish there over near Shara. So um, the family name was Hobbins. So actually, I rang your father, actually, and uh, he said, yeah, bring this lady over. When I brought that woman up to your farmyard, your father brought us down a couple of fields and brought us to the ruin of the house. Like, and her ancestors are obviously in poverty, of necessity. No more than Martin O'Mara had to go fight in the war, but had to go to America, probably never seen by the relatives again, and try and um, make a living for themselves. So it was actually very emotional for her to come back to her home place, and we probably wouldn't understand that. But no, I totally, I totally agree with you. I, I think about local history, and I think about it as something that's. I mean, having lived abroad and then having met a lot of people from, like, and I, I mean this in a in a kind of a in a very benign way, but like you meet people. Ireland, because of its economic history, means that, like, you know, we didn't have huge influxes of people into the country. I mean, we had different invasions and different plantations and things like that through through the period through the through the last two thousand years and beyond that. Yeah. But I mean, in in particularly in the last two hundred years, we haven't had mass influxes of people into the country, whereas yeah. other countries in Europe, um, yeah. very much had that because of because they were colonizers effectively and people were coming yeah. into those countries as a result of that. So you yeah. really mixed multicultural societies which is an excellent thing in itself but uh what you what i thought what i often found are fine with people is you'll meet people in different countries and uh i i said i'm my primary experience is with british people but um they have a real often you'll when you get into the kind of those deeper conversations about selfhood and identity and who we are and where we come from a lot a lot of the people i've met have a real struggle with that because they don't really know who they are because they are there's you know they're a base they're a base of this they're a bit of that and there's not there's nothing wrong with that but in terms of the kind of a formation of you know having a solid sense of who you are it there's definitely that's the downside to it because there's a longing then i often find with people a real longing uh, a longing to to, to 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 explore those aspects of their past or not really understanding it it's all a bit hazy and I, what i find I, what i find about like what i find about what i really love about growing up and being from a small rural community which is steeped in history with Laura is 
steeped in history and and it, and, it, and it's a testament to yourself and 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 yourself and others uh within the parish to who have you know uh, revived and kept alive the the the, the, the rich history we have here but it, it gives it gives someone a great sense of who they are i think i think it's a real question of identity in my opinion like at that kind of level of i mean for for me personally i was reading um Father Gleason's book oh, yeah, on yeah, on yeah. Lower Ormond. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading that book and reading about my own family. And uh, someone had someone in the family a few years ago had done not in, in but in the in the in the not in the immediate family, but in in the, the broader family had done some some research and had kind of postulated that we had uh, some French ancestry from through the Normans. And then mm-hmm. I then I done then I, I I kind of always questioned that. I found it really odd. <laughs> and someone else, someone else, someone else said we were had from the Palatines. So the Palatine, and I said, so we're Germans or we're French. And I, 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 I know Hochter sounds. It sounds like a very. It doesn't sound Irish, but actually, when you sit down, you do your bit of research and yeah. open a few books, you find very clearly that it's oh, it's oh, yeah. it should be it should be O Hochter or O Hector or whatever. Yeah. And uh, that that there was O there was O Hochters in the parish of Lura in. Um, in the 1500s and yeah. that father Gleason says in that book that there, those families had not, not, not just the Hockters, but the Heenans, the Hockters, the O'Kennedys, that those families had been there for at least 500 years before that. So yeah. the fact that, you know, to be able to sit down or to be able to just think about that for me, like personally, to be able to think about the fact that the Hockter family or the Heenan family or the O'Kennedy family or the Kennedys or whatever, the fact that those people have been, in that parish for or in that place for a thousand years, it gives me a great sense of uh, security and a sense of not security but reassurement or reassurance that you know, and also it kind of opens up the kind of idea of like we're just very small dots, really. We're just kind of passing on, and we're just part of it, and, and and we're just the latest iteration. And but in that that kind of that's the, I find that to be uh, uh, give me a real sense of reassurance, and then being it, that engrossing myself in 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 history and local history as well. Um, yeah. So that that's my tuppence on it. I don't know if any of that resonates with you, James. No, it, it does. Uh, it's, it's I suppose it's connection with the, the past, and I suppose if you look at um, mankind. Uh, we were always interested in our past and our ancestors. Like even if you look at the Egyptians, like you know, what I mean, they, they they build pyramids to their people, and um, even even right down to modern times, you see here with our graveyards. You know what I mean? That um, we, we 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 sort of uh, it's a sense of belonging and it's a tie with the land. And I suppose it's it's um, yeah, it's it's an affinity with the land or something like that. It's hard it's hard to explain it. Like, but um, I suppose we, when when I just mentioned there earlier about that American lady come over, like uh, coming here and finding her ancestors, like, and she got so emotional, she was actually crying over it. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it, do, it does, it does, it does make a lot of sense. Like, do you know? Yeah, no, that, that's. That, I think it's a. It, it really is a question of identity, and yeah. and uh, yeah, so, and where I think as we, as I, I'm very much a a proponent and a, a supporter of multiculturalism and 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 a, and a tolerant and fair society. But one of the benefits of 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 one of the benefits of being from somewhere like this is the. I just think that is that that like it, there's not that longing for uh, kind of searching for. Uh, a, a, a searching for identity in that sense there might be in other ways but in that sense I don't think there is because you can turn around to your granddad or your father or whoever your mother your whoever it is and you, you can find out very quickly about yeah, yeah. who who you are so I, I think 
I think, uh, in my opinion, I think like local history is important from an academic sense, but it's also very important from like yeah. it's just important for a, a, a kind of a from a philosophical sense as well from that kind of search for identity. I think I think it's really important yeah. part of that no, aspect. Yeah, no, I agree with you there totally, James. And I, and I suppose we, we, as regard a uh, time scale, I suppose you could say probably maybe within the last 30 or 40 years, uh, people didn't move about in, in, in localities like Glory. Do you know what I mean? They, they tended to, to marry into maybe the local parish or within the area. So I, I suppose only the last maybe 20, 30 years, I suppose, the globe has opened up for people to sort of um, with travel and everything like that. So you, you see a sort of a, a change of, I suppose. Um, so look, basically we are lucky in what you're saying, Joe, you know I mean, that, that we, we, we can trace back our ancestors and, but like even I had Americans over here and like did, did might trace their, their their Irish ancestors here and they'd be like, but then they might go over to Norway, they might have a Nordic ancestor. So I think everybody, even in a multicultural, you'll always try and find your 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 various ancestors, like do you know what I mean, where, where the various ancestors came from and very interesting, I suppose, as well. Yeah, no, it is cool. That's a, that's that's nearly the upside to that aspect of it. Like where you can go, oh, I'll, I'll yeah. go to Norway and fi- find my roots in Norway, or go yeah. wherever it is. You know, absolutely. Yeah, I um, I I suppose coming back to to Lura and coming back to the, the locality here, mm-hmm. is there a particular historical tale from the parish of Lura and Dora that uh, that resonates with you? And can you tell us about it? Yeah, I, I suppose James, there's, there's lots of tales and lots of stories, and I suppose probably the most famous one, I suppose, was, was the Curse of Tara, uh, basically where Saint John here in Laura uh, foretold the demise of the High Kingship of Tara, and I suppose the precursor to that really was uh, the High King German at the time uh, would have sent his men around Ireland to carry out his laws and his rules or whatever. Uh, so he had sent his men out to High Manny, which would be uh, just over the River Shannon from us here in Laura in, in uh, eastern uh, Galway there. But basically, anyway, a chieftain out there actually slew one of the High King's men. And obviously that wasn't a thing that, that you could do. Uh, so this uh, man went on the run, but basically sought sanctuary here in Laura itself. So the High King actually found out where this, where E.H. Geyer was hiding, uh, came down to Laura here with his men and uh, captured the fugitive and brought him back to Tara. So what you had then was St. Ron, along with St. Brendan, uh, marched on Tara. And you had this famous uh, story of the cursing of Tara. Um, and I suppose the curses themselves are actually very interesting. Um, they probably have lost their meaning over the centuries um when you read them they sound comical but i actually think there's a lot of meaning in them that maybe a little bit of research could be done on and something that i'm i'm hoping to do maybe in the future but um one such reference or a couple of references really i suppose was one where the uh high king or where saint ron rather said to the high king that um that his right arm would be cut off and thrown onto the dung heap of a sheep <laughs> so it was like i mean but there's symbolism in, yeah. in that way because a high king if a high king um a high king had to be physically uh perfect do you know what i mean could, could have no flaws or anything like that so to lose your arm was a flaw you would lost your your kingship or your high kingship but also you know I mean being thrown on the dung heap do you know what i mean so that, that's self-explanatory i suppose in itself like a dung heap but then maybe sheep maybe sheep are of a low value do you know what i mean so i, I think it would be an interesting area of study to study all these courses and 
basically one cursed thing that uh, the High King put on Saint Rwandan was that um, that the lands of Laura would be uh, uprooted by swine, and that Saint Rwan's tomb would be uprooted by the uh, tusk of a boar. So I, I suppose um, that's symbolic in itself. And I think earlier I had referred to um, a boar fleeing on the descent of St. Ron here to Laura. So I think what this hiking was saying, that Laura was going to revert to this wilderness again, like, you know what I mean, this pre-Christian wilderness or whatever. So I think I think the story itself is interesting, but I think it's the symbolism that's attached to these stories are, are very interesting, like, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a number of different stories, James. I suppose there was another little story I came across there in the last couple of years, a very little interesting story that probably needs a little bit more research. Uh, but basically, it refers to the 13th century uh, Dominican priory here in Laura, where this young boy uh, named Elias um, had a tumour on his leg and there was no cure for him at all. So um, death was in- inevitable for him. Um, so I suppose uh, the monks at the time uh, brought this holy water that actually this water had come in contact with the shrine of St. Peter of Verona. So I think they got this young boy to drink this water and this young boy was actually cured of his tumour or whatever. But uh, seemingly the monks and the locals all went out and uh, praised God's uh, sang Te Deum. And after that, then Laura actually became, I suppose, uh, the centre of the cult of St. Peter of Verona for all of North Munster. Do you know what I mean? So it really, it was a story that sort of, uh, I suppose, established the Dominican Priory here as a, as one of these main sort of uh, sites in North Munster itself. So there's, look, there's, there's various story, interesting stories there, like, do you know what I mean? Um, but even like when I, when I do a tour here in Laura, like, no tour, no two tours are the same it's nearly like a bruce springsteen concert you know mm. <laughs> you, you tell, tell, tell different stories or whatever like you know yeah. so, look and i suppose really when people come to laura here you you sort of like there last week i had um school children out you know what i mean so i, I tell them a lot of you know, the interesting stories about the viking attacks and about the the friars lock monster you know and stories like that and then you might have academics out so you might talk maybe look more at the the archaeology or the architecture of buildings you know what i mean so there's and i suppose that's the beauty of, of your local history there's so much of it like you know what i mean it's easy to adapt stories to different situations i suppose james yeah it's really interesting and yeah. i just i'm curious to kind of understand a bit more about laura i suppose and yeah. uh, like it was a would you say it was a, it was a major uh major site in north Tipperary at one point and uh what what changed what happened that it kind of because it's laura's gorgeous and it's a beautiful little village and but it's it's not we we, we couldn't call it a major site in in, in a major settlement anymore so what was it a major settlement and what what happened to it to for it to revert or to 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 not be a major settlement anymore i, I suppose yeah it, it was a major settlement uh james like say for you could say from say the mid-sixth century right up i suppose to the coming of the normans and uh while the normans actually uh, maintained that sort of uh, 
it as a place of importance, it sort of, in a way, led to its downfall as well, because I suppose at the time of the coming of Normans, you had the, the establishment of that parochial system, do you know what I mean, your parishes and your dioceses, etc., like that. So I suppose in the, I think it was the 12th century, Laura was sort of vying for a, a diocese status, do you know what I mean, it wanted to become a diocese itself. Um, but... Um, Board itself and Ros Gray wanted to become diocese, but uh, Killaloo actually sort of won the race, so to speak, and that, that became the diocese. So Laura was right. actually pulled in under um, the diocese of Killaloo. So, do you know what I mean? If things worked out differently, we could be in the diocese of Laura, maybe, do you know, that sort right. of way. Um, yeah, so I, I suppose that, 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 that sort of led maybe to a little bit of a downfall on Laura, but still it, it maintained a place of importance, you know what I mean, through the chieftainship of the O'Kennedys, the Dominican Priory, etc. So I suppose really it was actually during the, as I think I mentioned earlier, the dissolution of the churches during the reign of King Henry VIII, like, do you know what I mean, that you see all these mm-hmm. churches being dissolved and um, then there was a sort of a little upsurge in the Dominican, uh, I suppose, order here in Laura. And then, I suppose, unfortunately, then towards the, I suppose, you're talking, you're talking, I'm just trying to run into my head here now. Yeah, you're, you're talking, I suppose, near the 1700s then with all that was going on on the national level, like, you know, the penal laws and everything like that. Like, Laura gradually just sort of dwindled down, I suppose, in, in its importance, like, do you know what I mean? So hmm. it, it probably, like, it would have maintained its importance uh, for a thousand years, but just gradually, I suppose, uh, things change. And as well as, look, I, I suppose you had, like, uh, probably after the 1700s, you probably had a lot of uh, urbanization, you know what I mean? Bigger places like Nina, there was more focus on them, the bigger cities and things like that, like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we probably never really took off as in in maybe population or whatever, but we were very important religiously. But mm-hmm. saying that, when we revert, revert back to the Dominicans, for the Dominicans to establish themselves in Laura, it, it would either mean two things, that Laura was actually a place, a place rather of high population or either that, it was a place of pilgrimage. Either way, you had a lot of uh, people either living in Laura or actually coming to Laura, like, do you know what I mean? But mm. I suppose, look, there's probably the interesting thing with history is, I suppose, James, we we, we, we never have all the answers. And, that, and that's brilliant, do you know what I mean? Because it keeps you going, trying to find the answers. And, Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So it might be an area of research there as well to see actually what actually did happen to Laura, what was the actual causes. We have a general idea of the causes, but maybe to be more specific on what actually cause sort of Laura never to sort of go beyond the village, so to speak, like, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. No, it is. It's very interesting. It's very, very interesting uh, because it, because I suppose it, when you know the history of it or have an idea of the history, I obviously don't have the, the grasp of it that you have, but um, it, it was a significant, it, it was, a, yeah. a significant site and, yeah. And it, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful little, uh, it's a beautiful little uh, village as well, and it's it's a very nice place to visit. So, uh, if any, I, I definitely recommend it to anybody that's listening to this podcast. But um, I I wonder then in terms of um, I'm very interested in. So I, we're going back to that. You know, you said earlier on about what we learned in school. You know, a very black and white mm. kind of version of history, mm. and I found that. Uh, when I, I study, I obviously did history in school and then I studied it as an undergraduate mm. and um, and I found when I studied history in university, it was very different to the history I'd learned in school. Yeah. And I felt that the history I learned in school was, 
it was very much painted in one kind of viewpoint, which was the nationalistic, mm. Mm. Uh, which obviously makes sense because like it's a kind of common philosophical idea from a guy called Michael Foucault, but he or Michel Foucault, which says that ideas, all ideas, are connected to power. So mm. that basically, when when you're the way your education system will be shaped mm. in in the in the dominant ideas of the day or or the mm. people who's in charge effectively. Mm. But I suppose for kind of when I went to when I went to university then. And studied history, then I realized that there's a kind of a uh, the black and white, mm. I, I the black and those those ide- those ideas, those black and white ideas were shattered. And then I began to reform my understanding of Irish history, world history, and different types of history. But mm. I suppose then on, on at that like micro level, on the on the local level, do you think there's aspects of history here in the parish of Lura and Dora that maybe we don't talk about? for whatever reasons that maybe they're not in vogue or that they're not popular ideas. Is there anything, I don't know, it's just kind of a question I'm interested in, but is there, is there aspects of history that we don't talk about? I mean, a prime example obviously will be Martin O'Mara because he was, uh, he fought for the, for fought on, fought for the British in, 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 or when he fought as part of the Australian forces. But I mean, it was under, 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 under the control of, 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 of the British, uh, uh, under the control of, of, of the, of the British powers. So, I mean, obviously for a long time, that was kind of a taboo subject or he'd, he'd been forgotten about. Mm. And I think, is there more examples like Martin O'Mara? Is there other things we don't talk about in terms of the history yeah. Because of it's connected to something. I don't know if that's yeah, just no, kind of no, a yeah, no. It is. It's, it's, it's a good question, James. Actually, and it, it's true of what you say. Like there, there is, there is still a history out there that um, people uh, don't want to talk about. And uh, I suppose with time, it, it it will be talked about. I suppose, so to speak. Um, I suppose, as we said, Martin O'Mara was one example there. But I suppose you also remember, like I suppose the. the, the the War of Independence, the Civil War, like they, they can be very touchy subjects. Do you know what I mean? Where uh, families were divided depending on what side they, um, I suppose, uh, took in 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 their political views and that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so you you know, obviously, Laurie, you would have had a lot of people in the local IRA, but you would have had people maybe that um, were in the RIC. Like, do you know what I mean? So. Lots of things happen in that period of time, and I have I have talked to people and interviewed people, and they will tell you stuff, but they don't want you to um, divulge it. You know I mean, put it out in the public domain, and and I suppose in in that way you have to respect uh, people's. Um, you know, what I mean, when they tell you to keep something, absolutely, yeah, you, you have to. But yeah, and as people are, and I suppose. When you look at it, it's only maybe three generations, maybe a little more, do you know what I mean? So it's still sort of fresh in sort of memories, so to speak, in that older generation or whatever. And uh, I remember years ago, I was talking to a lady, a, a local historian, a brilliant lady, but I asked her about the, the time of the Civil War and the War of Independence. She said, look, we won't talk about that, like, do you know what I mean? So, you know, so it's, um, yeah. yeah, so there, there, there is like, and I, I even think with the famine, I think people are starting to talk about the famine now, but I'd say maybe if you went back maybe 40 or 50 years ago, the famine would be sort of, I'd say, fresh in memories, but it may be in the older generation that people didn't want to talk about, do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's only when, when, it, when it gets pushed back into history, it's, it's people are maybe more comfortable then to talk about it. And I suppose, look, on, on a local level, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, you could say our grandparents or grandparents were involved in some elements, you know what I mean, of, of the Irish struggle or whatever, like, and I suppose we're all conscious that we could be friends with people that maybe their 
grandparents might be on a different side or whatever like do you know what I mean mm. so it, it, it is though like it, there, there, there is subjects there that people um I suppose don't want to talk about but I think there's awareness now and I think things are coming to light that people realize yeah look we can talk about these things, you know what I mean? And it's not, it's not, you're, you're not like, we're, we're lucky enough that we're sort of, in a way, sort of removed from that. We can look back at it. And uh, thankfully, we all came through it and all that. And I think that a lot can be learned from from those sort of situations. Yeah. Mm. yeah. No, yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I, 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 My feeling of it is, is uh, the kind of feeling, I adopted a militant feeling towards it at first. I was really kind of angry. I was like, yeah. why? Why am I not getting the whole story? I don't. I want to know the whole story, like. Yeah. But then you kind of you realize that it's it's just because it's yeah. uh, can be politically complex, but also yeah. uh, that kind of for some people it's yeah. they're still still in living memory, so there's yeah. still those emotional scars are there, and yeah. uh, it's just not something people want to talk about. And, and you're totally right that people have to respect that. Yeah. But I suppose, like, and I know this is kind of it's probably a bit tangential or whatever, but it's just kind of I think it's an interesting point to make, like. I think about like where we're going as a, and this is maybe this where we feed in the local history into the kind of broader uh, uh, national narrative. Like, but I think about like the future of Ireland, for example, and I think about like, I think about the kind of the narrative, the stories we tell, that kind of folk history we tell. And then like, there's the, you know, there's a layers of history in terms of, I mean, there's layers of history in terms of the actual chrono- chronology of it, but layers of history in terms of the depth that some people go. So everyone kind of has a, a kind of folk history, a kind of common understanding of, yeah. of, but I think that like, in terms of moving forward as a country, like that in order to really appreciate like all the elements and strands of this country that we really need to, acknowledge kind of those those stories that are forgotten and forgotten for whatever reason they were forgotten at the time but it's time to to resurrect them because i think those kind of stories mm. and realizing that like for example that like for example that there might be you might have had you might you may have had someone in the ric or you may have had someone in mm. the that may have been a great grandparent you might have someone who was in the orange order for example you might have had someone who was yeah. on one side or, or other of the war of independence mm. Or, this, or sorry, on the Civil War. Yeah. I think, like, understanding that stuff is really important for our future because I think it kind of wakes us up to the fact that, like, Ireland is a complex, has complex strands in it, mm. and that in order to kind of move forward and maybe someday, and I don't want to kind of, I want to say it, but I don't want to say it, like, that kind of idea. But, I, look, I'll just say it, and if I use it, I, if I use this bit, I use this bit, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Mm. Like, like, that movement towards maybe a united Ireland, mm. uh, that all those complex aspects of our, our history, I think we do forget about. It. And I think, I think Martin O'Mara, like, I think he was a great man. But I think, I think partly like there's something that, something that, te- something that tells me like, if Martin, like what Martin, if Martin O'Mara hadn't achieved what he achieved, like he's still historically significant either way, regardless of whether he got a Victoria cross medal or not. But yes, it's the Victoria cross, you know, maybe this is this could be sensitive and i don't know whether people would take take too well to it but i look they're just my thoughts and maybe i'm wrong or whatever but like i feel like there's more to our history than like you know i feel like it's about you know we should celebrate all those people and celebrate all those aspects of irish history because it's about moving forward i don't know what you think about that uh but 
And that's something I often think about anyway. So Yeah, no, I agree totally uh, with you, James. Yeah, to, to, I suppose uh, we can learn a lot from history, but um, I suppose to move forward, um, to, I suppose learn every element of our past. And it's like taking everybody's viewpoint on board. And, that's and it. I suppose we, we like it's easy to look back and say, well, why did you do this or why did this happen? Like, do you know what I mean? But there are circumstances there that we don't understand, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, a person might have joined the RIC out of necessity to feed his family or something like that, like, do you know what I mean? And, um, do you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's a lot of complex sort of uh, yes. issues there that we that we don't understand. It's very easy to take a black and white view of it. And I, yeah, I I I think to to move forward is to to learn from the past, really, James. You know, and um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that that would, yeah. that would be my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that's just some thoughts I do have about it. But that's because obviously, kind of having studied it and then kind of realizing the complexity of it, and then obviously, I, my my even my 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 knowledge is it could be improved and mm. and definitely di- deepened. But no, mm. I I just think that that's a, a really important part of of kind of who we are and kind of moving forward as as a, as a nation, I suppose. But yeah. I mean, and and I think that those local stories are really important yeah. as well. You know. Yeah. But then, obviously, it's it's just like everything else. It's about your tackling with, you know, mm. it can be completely sensitive or whatever, and you don't want to hurt people either. That's that's yeah. really important. Yeah, you do. You don't want to hurt people. Uh, I suppose the thing with history is like, you know, what I mean, you just like I, if I present history and I, I like I. I hope I would never be biased in it, you know what I mean? Just find out what mm. I find out. But then I suppose you have to realize, like, you know what I mean? If if you find interviews, if you're looking at someone's interview or whatever, you have to realize they could be looking at it at a different angle. If you're looking at a newspaper report, are they taking an angle on it? Like, and that goes right back throughout, throughout history, even through the annals, mm. like the annals of, um, they were all sort of, there's a political influence in them, like, do you know what I mean? The Augustinians in the 13th century wrote a lot of the, the histories that we know of the, of the saints, but there's there, there little agendas there as well, like, do you know what I yeah. mean? So, yeah, you have to try and weed out things and all that, like, do you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, it's, 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 um, there's, there's a, there's a lot to learn from history, I suppose, like, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I suppose in a way it's kind of history as well as, is, is, I mean, you referred to the oral tradition earlier on and I mean, storytelling is such an important part of who we are yeah. and that, and I mean, history, obviously it's, it's like, as again, you go back to the layers of history. So the folk history, that's, mm. that's really the story. Yeah. That's the story. But like, then you get in, you get, you go into deeper layers and into the academic layers of it and you drill right down into it, it becomes less of a story and it try. I mean, it, some history will, it, it'll always be, I mean, yeah. It depends on what kind of philosophical view or, or philosophy that underpins it, but mm. some would say it's always an interpretation, so therefore it'll always be some kind of story. But yeah. I mean, a lot, I mean, uh, traditionally, at least historians would be trying to become objective as, as much as, po- as they possibly can. So yeah. you're kind of, you're moving away from the story, but at, at that kind of level of, 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 of telling the story and passing it down through an oral tradition, like yeah. there'll always be a story and a story is always going to have a point of view. Yeah. So it's always going to be from one perspective or another. And there'll, there'll always be, there'll always be a bad guy. There'll always be a good guy. Yeah. But yeah. as we, as we know, it's more complex than that. Usually it's, a, it's a reflective of human nature, but that's why I just think it's, it's, it's really interesting from that point of view. And, yeah. um, but anyway, we've kind of, that was a very much tangent, a, very much a tangent but I, I thought I think a, a worthwhile tangent I hope yeah. um, 
so just to feed back into that, I suppose, like, and maybe we'll just just to think about this if you, if you want, if you're if you're happy to for a moment. But so, like, then again, so like, how do you think local history has changed in recent years? Then it, has it changed in recent years, and how has it changed? Yeah, I, I suppose. It, 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 I, yeah, I, I suppose local history. I suppose you, you referred to earlier, James, uh, reading Father Gleason's uh, book. So, in, in a way, I'd always call it like the Bible of our uh, of, of our local history. Do you know what I mean? It's nice, like, very well, good. It's, it's go to book. Do you know what I mean? For for to, to get a good sort of uh, gist of the, the history of our parish. Um, indeed, a lot of the parishes in say North Tipperary itself and uh, into South Offaly. Um, well, I suppose. Uh, I suppose we're lucky that a lot more information has uh, come to light since that. Like, do you know what I mean? There has been maybe a lot of archaeological uh, digs. There has been, I suppose, a lot of uh, sources have come to light. I suppose the, the our digital age has sort of really benefited us in that way rather than having to go to a library and maybe go through uh, copies amount of books or whatever like I mean a, a, lot, a lot of uh, sources are online like yeah you have your censuses you have um, old maps uh, even like you had the folklore commission that in the 1940s where a lot of the school children were actually recorded uh, with local stories so I suppose all, all, all these different elements actually feed into the, um, the local history and maybe give us even a bigger and a better picture again like and uh, so like I suppose, like you referred to area there about, I suppose the academic world and and the local storytelling. And I suppose the academic world is probably very important as well, even to sort of try and feed into the to the local history. Mm. Like, say for argument's sake, for example, rather, we have Saint Ron's Church here in Laura. So, say if there wasn't an extensive archaeological dig done in that, but there was a similar dig done in, say, some uh, a similar church, maybe down in Cork, say, for argument's sake, and they can find out maybe how the people lived and what they did, you know what I mean? So you can apply that to your church here in Laura as well, like, do you know what I mean? So there's a lot of research that actually can feed in and be used to tell the local story as well, I suppose. It's, it's, so it's, it's, um, it's, it, there's been significant, significant moves and changes since, which has informed, informed the story, informed our, our local history in, in a more, yeah. a significant way yeah no it's 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 a it's a really really interesting um yeah. it's a really interesting topic uh yeah. and a local history and now you're 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 working you're working as a tour guide so you're getting to uh, so you're you're getting now to to you're getting to live your passion i suppose so yeah look i i i i work at what i enjoy which is brilliant and um yeah, you know, it's it's um when I go up in the morning and go uh, to me it's not work, you know what I mean, and getting paid for something that I really enjoy and, and that's absolutely brilliant, like, you know, and um I suppose really um I, I, I suppose I, I enjoy passing on the information I, I, I've learned, the knowledge, and that's what, that's what it's about, like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's a sharing knowledge, uh, um, sharing your stories, etc. like, do you know what I mean? So I suppose being a tour guide is like being a storyteller, like, do you know what I mean? Uh, so you, basically you're telling people, it's like you, you have them in a time machine, you're bringing them back and you're trying to get them to visualize maybe what it was like maybe three or four or five hundred years ago and, and, and bring that history to life, do you know what I mean? And I suppose in a in a, in a, in a light way, do you know what I mean? Uh, I suppose there was a, a focus um, 
one time, I suppose, on dates and years and, do you know what I mean? Everything was years and dates. And while they are important, mm. you need them points. But I think the how and the when and the hows are are more important like like why why did a war start or how did it start or who was affected mm. and how did the people live you know these sort of questions like so you're just basically bringing history to life which i enjoy and the beauty of it, of it is like even for, for myself i'm always learning like do you know what i mean i i know more this year than i did last year but next year i'll probably know more again but i don't mm. think you'll ever know everything which is brilliant you know what i mean mm. it's, it's 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 an ongoing quest you know yes yeah. it, it it is yeah. and and what, what what advice would you give to someone who who's interested in looking look at their local history yeah i, I suppose like uh really i suppose james in the last i suppose 10 or more years there's been an upsurge in um I suppose the establishment of uh, local historical societies. Do you know what I mean? So there's enough. Uh, I I would say there's a lot of local historical societies. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying every parish will have one. Like do you know what I mean? So if you happen, if there happens to be a, a local historical society, the first step is to join them. Like do you know what I mean? And if there's not, maybe try and get to know people in in, in your area that maybe have an interest in history. Do you know what I mean? That you even if you don't form a society that you can meet up and chat or even talk to a neighbouring historical society like, do you know what I mean? So I suppose really, if you have an interest, I suppose the first step is actually to talk to people, do you know what I mean? And and, and, and take it from there, I suppose. Brilliant. Yeah. I suppose I'm interested, in, you're you're a man probably in this parish that knows more than, at least you're at least one of the people that knows more than everyone in the parish about the history of the parish and about the locality. And I wonder about that journey and what you've learned along the way, and uh, what what wisdom would you? What wisdom, if I was asking you, what wisdom you've learned from that journey, and what is it? And would you, if if there is any, please share it with with the listeners of the Hut near the bog. Yeah, I, I suppose James really, and I, I might have touched on it there maybe a minute ago, but I, I suppose really it's the sharing of knowledge. Do you know what I mean? knowledge is no good if you don't share it it's not really knowledge then do you know what i mean mm. so it's it's about sharing your knowledge and it, it doesn't matter whether it's local history or it's a skill or it's a trade or it's academic do you know what i mean it, it it knowledge has to be shared and that's when it becomes knowledge you know that sort of way and uh, so that, that that would be and it's the passing on to the, the the future generations you know what i mean and they can maybe i suppose work on what you have established you know what i mean and just keep keep it snowballing uh uh, so this, so uh, keep it snowballing, I suppose. Um, I suppose what w- what I find interesting there now is like I had a national school out there during the week, and you're telling them about the local history, and you you, you tell it in a fun way that they will enjoy it, and. Even uh, it was yesterday. Actually, I got a little card in the door from the national school thanking me, join me for bringing me around, and to me that me- me- meant a lot to me. Do you know what I mean? That they appreciated that and they enjoyed it and all that. Like so, I, I think it's to pass on that knowledge to the future generations. And mm. I suppose really, look, it's uh, I think words are very important. Do you know what I mean? So whether it's passing on knowledge, but even what I find with with history, it's and. Um, before COVID was like, do you know what I mean? Rambling to people's houses, getting the stories, do you know what I mean? So not only were you getting to learn about maybe your, your local history in a particular area of the parish or whatever, but like you're you're building a bond with a person, do you know what I mean? A sort of relationship mm. and, you know what I mean? You're having a great chat and mug of tea. Next thing, it's 12 o'clock at night, do you know what I mean? So there's a whole, and I suppose that ties in with that whole oral tradition that's unfortunately sort of... Um, 
I suppose it's dwindling really, I suppose, James, do you know what I mean? So I suppose really what I would say is actually share your knowledge. Do you know what I mean? Brilliant. Yeah, yeah share knowledge. Yeah. James, mm-hmm. uh, you're, a te- you're a testament to the parish of Laura and Dora, and thanks a million for coming on the hut near the ball. Uh, uh, th- thanks very much, James. <laughs>